What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show, right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Confessions of a curly mind. Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Soul with C.F. Smith. You're listening to the Blue and Green Podcast. And I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com Welcome friends, you're listening to uh, another episode of the Blue in Green Podcast. My name's Imran, thanks so much for your company. Uh, we have a fantastic show, a uh, really, really fantastic show uh, lined up for you today. Um, we are venturing, we are returning uh, once again to the brilliant, beautiful sunshine of San Jose, California to talk to our very, very dear friend, uh, DJ Ronnie Ron, our very dear friend Rhonda. And uh, we are talking all things Prince. April 21st, 2016 uh, was the uh, sad day of his passing. And um, uh, we're now approaching that three years, uh, that three year mark uh, this month. So it was going to be something that uh, Rondo and I have talked about for quite some time about being able to uh, talk about our complete geekdom uh, of, of Prince and um, his music and what it meant to us uh, as individuals and as fans of music and uh, where it led us and so this is a show I've as I said long in the works and I couldn't think of anyone uh, that I would love to spend this time discussing Prince with then uh, then Rhonda so uh, thank you to her uh, for her time as always um, I think every time Rhonda and I do get together, this is the third time uh, that we've uh, presented a show together and uh, to just talk music and such. Uh, the conversation always veers to Prince, so it's another reason for us to just let it all go for the, the entire length and <laughs> the entire duration. Um, uh, there's, there's kind of a lot of things that we talk about, mainly uh, there's a list, I think I've mentioned this on previous shows, but uh, some years ago, three and a half odd years ago, I created a list of my 100 favourite Prince songs, it was quite uh, divisive, but it was sort of really respected at the same time, it was welcomed I think on the org, on, on uh, Prince.org, and it was... I don't know, uh, applauded, dissected, uh, um, respected, mocked <laughs> on OK Player as well. So it, it did the rounds and uh, the accompanying mix did uh, some wonderful things as well. So I'm very proud to, to have done that. And um, one of the bones of contention, where, and I hope I won't lose you guys instantly by, by revealing this, but one of the bones of contention was that a door was missing from the list. Yeah. Sign of the Times, Adore, uh, the definitive love song for Prince, I guess, was missing, was absent from my 100 favourite Prince songs. In short, and I do say this in the show today, but in short, the reason is because Sign of the Times is my favourite Prince album, and there's like eight tracks on there that are on the list. Anyway, oh, I won't, I won't plead my case any further, but I know it's a song that of particular importance uh, to Rhonda, and, and we kind of, we talk about encouraging me to include it on the list so um uh regular listeners of the show will know that we picked two songs on the show today uh so i picked the first song i have the luxury of that and then our guest has the luxury of picking our closing number so uh, needless to say these will be prince picks uh ronda picks a brilliant closer 
uh, for uh, the show today. But in the meantime, I'm going to pick, surprise, surprise, uh, Adore. Uh, I won't pick the album version of the track. There is a live version from his uh, four-disc, three-disc, beg your pardon, three-disc, One Night Alone live box set that he put out. Uh, and uh, there's a version of Adore on there, which I have always loved and thought it's a great version. I thought it would be a nice uh, treat for the show today. So that's going to be my pick before I play it. Quick reminder, these podcasts run in conjunction with the online uh, internet radio station, blueingreenradio.com. We focus on 21st century soul, jazz, funk, Latin, hip-hop. And uh, we'd love for you to check us out. Um, You can find us on TuneIn Radio app, direct uh, via the player on our website. And anywhere that hosts uh, internet radio, you'll more than likely find us because we're everywhere. So uh, we appreciate your company. These podcasts run on the first, second, and third Mondays of every month, and we talk to uh, primarily the blue and green radio presenters, but also musicians that we're just diehard fans of, and that are, we're so lucky to be um, giving their time to us. So uh, we've got a brilliant artist for next week, and uh, we'll uh, we'll celebrate that during the week. In the meantime, though, we're celebrating Prince. Uh, thank you again to Rhonda. I uh, love hanging out with you, dude. So thank you very much for your time. And we're going to move on to uh, Adore. Hope you guys enjoy the show. said to you. We need each other 
They know that you are my fix. Don't smash up the ride. You smashed up the ride. Where is it? On the driveway? Come on, come on, show me. Oh, you did. Oh, no. smash up the ride, did you, baby? No, 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 it's all right, it's all right, it's all right. Don't cry, don't cry. Don't cry. Come here, come here, it's all right, it's all right. I'll get you another one. Yeah, yes, I will, yes, I will, yes, I will. What kind you want? That's a little expensive now, come on. All right, anything you want, baby. Nothing, baby, nothing could compare to your lovely face. Do you know what I'm saying to you this evening? I'm just trying to say that I tell Coast to coast, hips and lips, chips and whip. So, uh, so this is really exciting. This show that we have today, I feel like we've, I feel like 
A, I feel like this is a really super long time coming, but B, I feel like we've done it twice already. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because, because obviously, uh, our, 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 we've, this is the third time we've recorded a show together, and this is, which makes me very, very happy because I thoroughly enjoy spending time with you talking music and just hanging out. But the conversations always veer towards Prince, which I really enjoy. So yes. now this is the first show that we're going to really just sort of let our fandom loose to kind Correct. of commemorate uh, what will be the third year of uh, his untimely uh, passing. Right. So this is super cool to kind of spend this time and just go just let the Prince geekness flow. <laughs> yes. And now if we, well, I'm going to hold off for at least another five minutes so we can say we at least went 10 minutes without talking about a particular song. Yeah. Um, <laughs> We'll keep our keep our record going. We can go ten we, minutes. We, we can do it. We can do it. We, okay. We'll see. We'll see. So anyway, let's okay. kick things off with a door. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we oh, did it work. Let's come on. There we go. That's it. We're gonna do it. Go big. Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> well, no. Okay. Well, we will try and hold off just for just for a little bit. Let's start kind of right. like a beginning for you. What are kind of your earliest? memories of of sort of prince music or or what what's or something that pulled you in or to becoming a fan where where does that kind of how far back does that go for you um i ooh um high school ultimately um the first song i heard by prince was the one that drew me into him um which was uh, dmsr I remember being wow. over at my mom's friend's house and one of um, her sons was playing this track and I just heard it and I'm like, who is this? And just like <laughs> from the very beginning, right? He's just, that song was just boom. It just hooked me. And um, it's amazing. Right, because I, I was listening actually to it today to prep, you know, myself up right. for our conversation. And just, you know, you start listening to one song and then another, another, another. And I'm like, oh, wait, remember, I have to talk to you, so stop. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's really, when I l listen to that song today, it's just a really funky track. And um, what's really interesting is that uh, I listened from the beginning because I'm really into how how artists hook you into listening to their songs, right? And you don't even hear him from his lyrics, him singing to you un until a minute in. So he's figured out a way to hook you and keep listening before you even hear him start to sing that song. And I'm really impressed about his ability to do that. And then when you, when you listen to it, when he starts to sing, it's not like, you know, R and B at that time, they'd like to smooth you into getting up and, and dancing and stuff like that. Right. Like if you listen to like cool in the gang, get down on it and they try and, you know, get your back up off the wall, right. To <laughs> dance. Right? right. Whereas with that song, he's like commanding you, right. Everybody get on the floor. 
what the hell did you come here for, right? He's provoking you, challenging <laughs> you, right? And so it's just when I go back to listen to it that way, I'm like, yeah, it's really a, it's an awesome track. Is the um, 1999 album one that you particularly gravitate to as well? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because I went back and I looked at all those tracks. I'm like, oh my god, 1999, that one. Um, oh. Just something in the water for me is is probably my far, far away my favorite. Oh, okay. I love that. Love record. that one. Yes. Ha. Huh. See, <laughs> I love it. Um, but again, then I just it, I hop around because um, it's just track, 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 track for me. And it's interesting because I'm such a diehard Prince fan now. But at the time, you know, when I was going to church. Um, I remember like my youth pastor was not the biggest Prince fan because, you know, he talked about sex and love and everything like that. And that was, you know, um, like the, so he would openly cite his music. Oh yeah. Yeah. In in our, in our, yeah. Where it's like, Oh, he's, you know, no, you don't want to be listening to him and da, 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 da. And I'm, and he, he, I remember we had like a youth, um, service and he had a picture of prince the poster of prince back then and oh just look at him no you shouldn't want to listen to his music and whoo thank god i didn't follow through with that but um (laughs) (laughs) but you know there's just um i know he you know he he took on a lot because of the things the subject matter that he started out his career with, right? Pushing the boundaries uh, with his music. So that's kind of my early Prince. And then um, when I was in high school, uh, one of my best friends was like a Prince head too. And and I mean, really diehard Prince, Vanity Six, uh, the family. So everything he, he could listen to and get his hands on. So then I really, really, really started getting the time, everything, mm-hmm. you know. So, yeah, most of my high school life, you know, there's a huge chunk of it that was Prince. That's so cool. I wasn't, see, I wasn't surrounded by it at all. I think I was only, when I kind of moved into like online message forums and started, you know, exploring internet music choirs and things like that, that's really when I discovered Prince. Like I was always familiar with like his music and like obviously Purple Rain and just in general yeah. Purple Rain uh, and like the hits. But I mean, even now, again, as a diehard Prince fan, like the hits really mean very little to me, like like Kiss or uh, Little Red Corvette or 1999, you know, those those singles that, you know, his, his big hits for me, they're, they're certainly not opposed to them at all, but very few of them are what I would use to, showcase prince you know if i was doing a this is my my absolute top whatever prince records so few of those Mm -hmm. songs would be on that list you know well you know you you put out your top 10 so oh yeah i did i did well the hundred yeah i did i know it's the top (laughs) 10 that we gravitate uh, gravitate toward but yeah yeah um and i think to his credit um the fact that we can have this conversation and someone can um, be into his hits and then from your perspective say, yeah, those are great, but he also did this, yeah, right? Like Madhouse where he's doing jazz and, and 
he just all the time his, as well yeah 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 um it's just as a musician his craft it's amazing right it is it is isn't it it's um was there a sort of a, a, is there a, a definitive kind of prince era i know that a lot of people tend to say that 80s prince for them is sort of the be all and end all uh he's i know his 90s output is sort of white is can often be a bit derided for various reasons but i mean is there a are you kind of like yeah classic 80s prince is absolutely where it is for me or um no uh <laughs> i mean i mean <laughs> I, I will say a lot of what I was listening to today was early, like 80s Prince. But I also, I was listening to Damn You and Shh. And um, I just appreciate more his his musicianship. And I think the fact that I've seen him live and I was just hooked on his creativity that I just liked you know that he could push his music in such a way right that i mean even uh well there's like bootlegs too so you know there's ones that you know um i don't you know i don't know no it's not just it's not isolated just to mm. to that so but what, what i do he... really appreciate his funk go ahead which yeah, no, something. I was just going to ask about its 90s stuff because the 90s are kind of a weird era, I think, uh, for a lot of people with him. I, I actually love a lot of his 90s stuff, but I think it's my my first album, uh, my first Prince album was actually the album that's widely kind of regarded as his worst release, which was New Power Generations, the New Power Soul album. And I remember buying it on a cassette it was on like a, in HMV and like a bargain bin and it was just uh -huh. there. And I thought, I don't own a Prince album. Let me buy this. So I, I bought it and I, I enjoyed it. There were a few songs, there's three songs, uh, even now, which again, from my list, they're on there because they're, I mean, they're quite high, which are wasted kisses. Come on. And the one, and those are three oh. incredible songs. So I could never say any album with those three songs is, you know, really, really, really bad. But that was my first Prince album and you know as a highlight of his 90s that's again widely regarded as his worst effort you know that's what fans seem to declare and they don't like his kind of forays into hip-hop and and swing beat and things like that so then the name change as well happened in the 90s which I guess kind of will make for a strange decade for him but I think it had uh uh I think it had some great stuff you you mentioned uh, Shush from the uh, the Gold Experience. I mean, that has one my second favorite Prince track of all time, which was "I Hate You," which is a oh yeah, piece of a song. song. Yes, masterpiece of a song. Yes. Oh, oh. Well, I picked Shush because I love like the drum intro, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's got this big bang of an in, and then he just and breaks it down into this yeah. love ballad. So I loved how you know the idea behind that. But yes, I love. I hate you too. That one's good. Uh, I, I was going to listen to that too. And I'm like, oh, okay, you're running out of time, kid. Stop. Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, <I, laughs> really it was going it. really it's quick. Fantastic. But 90s stuff in general, like, are you, were you a fan? Are you not? Or Well, I think, because um, you were talking about some of his battles and his, his um, dealings with Warner, which we 
touched upon a little bit earlier in our conversation, but mm. um, I think that had a lot to do with him understanding the need to control and own his work, his art, and, you know, really being told he doesn't, you know, he didn't own his masters. And his fight with, with Warner, I think that did disrupt, I mean, from a fan perspective, it might have, um, but it also can push you to be very creative. Um, and then, you know, when you went through the symbol years and at first nobody really understood, like, why you're going to be the symbol and ha ha ha. And they made fun of him and all yeah. of that. And they didn't really know that it was actually a clever way to stick it to Warner because how can you sue someone whose name you can't pronounce? Right. <laughs> Which is a clever idea when you think about it now, but at the time it was this, you know, this thing, they, they mock you first before they find out your genius. Um, and I think to, to see his battles and, the accomplishments uh, the, of what he did to help artists see the importance of owning their work is also why it's like, I don't not like, I love all of his stuff is what I'm, I'm saying. Mm. Um, and um, um, I, Black Sweat, love that. You know, I'm like, he, he'll pull out a track on you and it's just hot. So it's like, no. Oh, hip hop. So I think for him, um, when you're talking about one of the greatest musicians ever, right? I mean, multiple instruments that he can play, right? And right. And so when you look at it that way, and then he looks at hip hop, he's like, why don't you go pick up an instrument? Not understanding, or maybe he did, but he's still fighting for the purity of, of musicianship, which I respect. But when you take it out of schools and kids don't have access to that, the fact that we could still go through our parents' collections and and take from those snippets to create masterpieces. You know, we were talking about Jay Dilla before. You know, I think that's where mm. he had his problem with hip hop. And it doesn't always like the roots. Like later, I think he saw really how he could infuse his talent with hip hop. Right. 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 Um, but that wasn't at the beginning. So if you're a musician and you're looking at hip hop and you're fighting, hey, quit sampling. And, you know, we had that kind of battle. Right. Um, yeah. And then you have to embrace it. I think, yeah, he would have embraced it differently. It just would have pushed it in a, in a different way for him. He did. Yeah. There was a lot of his 90s stuff that sort of did opt to embrace it. And I think it was, you know, in some ways wise but i think in other ways potentially stuff that fans feel didn't age you know hugely well but right um, but you know obviously it's always about you know you have to evolve and try different things isn't it and that's what felt right for him at yeah. the time so you, you know you mentioned the warner brothers stuff again and it's really an interesting scenario because i read um I, I i've got the name of the the biography i don't have it to hand but i i read a a prince biography a few years ago which you know, really made me kind of uh, sympathize with Warner throughout, you know, their kind of experiences with him, because I think um, fans initially 
will will obviously lean towards Prince in terms of, you know, it's his music and let him do what he wants to do. And, you know, anyone that will read anything on him or, you know, hear anyone talk about him will always hear about how kind of singular minded he was, how incredibly focused and making music was his, you know, his chief goal, his purpose. And he never wanted to have that stifled. And I think it with the Warner situation, that was sort of the person who, who mentioned this in the, in the book had this really kind of interesting and objective way of saying, well, you know, Prince, or, you know, he wanted to make just music constantly. He wanted to make music. So he would turn in an album for which he's been paid for. And then Warner's are like, great. So now we'll follow through with the typical model for a mainstream record, which is we'll go for maybe three or four singles. We'll promote each mm-hmm. single. We'll do videos for each single. Then we'll go on tour. And then after, you know, in two years, we'll have another record. But by the time Prince has almost turned it in, his, his first record, and the first single's being prepped, he's got another record done. And he's like, here you go, let's, here's my next album. And they're like, well, hang on, we, we've not recouped anything on the one that you've just turned in. And it, But to Prince, he's like, well, that's old. I've, I've moved on from that record now. I want to focus on this record. So you can understand how it's sort of difficult on both sides. And I think Warner kind of got a lot of, maybe a lot of, maybe unnecessary flag. I certainly weren't not part of their dealings or whatever, but it must've been difficult for them. Like, well, we've paid you a lot of money to make this record and we'd really like to maximize everything we can from this record as opposed to moving on to another record in less than a year. Oh, well, I mean, yeah, you can look at that from um, Purple Rain, right? Right. Which is the one of the prime examples, right? That, um, it, and it blew up, right? So now mm. they finally have an album where they can recoup. We'll look at it from their side. And, but the problem is with the record industry is once you get a hit like that, they want you to keep making that. Right. 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 And that that's not going to work with him. And I think that's the problem with them both is that from what you're saying is true. There is a, a systematic approach on how they release things with artists. And, and um, he wasn't conforming to that because for him, he, his creative, his creativity was just going on and on and on and on and on. So there was no real way for him to realistically fit that model, right? Not the way he was producing songs in the um, in the the sheer volume of 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 what he could do, his craft, right? Mm-hmm. So, but you know, if if Warner had their way, he'd still be making Purple Rain, you know, reggae, right? right. I yeah. swear to God, Prince, if you just make reggae, purple rain, <laughs> and then that's it, you can do whatever you want, but just, you know, give me that and we're yeah. done. And so, um, and there's the other thing too, because I can't <clears throat> truly root for a record company when I know that artists get like three cents on every CD that they sell. Mm. You know, when I know that the technology over time, things are supposed to get cheaper, not more expensive. And yet so so little of it goes to the artist. That's why they have to be on the road to make the money. That's where they make their money in these shows that you go to see them. Right. And then they made you make those videos. So you were in the hole making those videos, right? If you go on certain shows, you have to pay. There's so much to 
the industry that's really not geared to, I mean, even now with the 360 deals, they want to keep you in the hole. Now, yeah, you had to put the money up front. So I see that because you're taking a risk on these artists, Mm. but it's got to be a little more, you know, there's so many artists that end up dying in poverty because, you know, these deals never become lucrative for them. And so that's, that's kind of my, yeah, about it. I don't even like no, the term yeah. master and slave that are in these contracts. So um, that's my viewpoint. But I mean, yeah, it, it would have been hard. This is where I guess the internet would have worked for Prince, but the offshoot of his battles with Warner, I think he was so into trying to protect himself, right? So even though he saw the internet as a way to produce his stuff, it just became something he was so closed off at that time that I don't think he embraced it fully because of that, the, the, the out, the outcome of uh, his split with Warner. Yeah. I think Um, we talked about this before that in terms of, we've said two key phrases, I think about like uh, him embracing the internet and about um, sort of that sort of record label model. And I think he was such a, you know, subsequently when he left, Warner Brothers he was like the, the the hottest independent artist that there was for a long time and the way he went about reinventing that model and releasing his music was was you know it was genius I mean he he was like he was genuinely a pioneer of of, of the internet in terms of even just from the MPG music club and um, right. releasing his music sort of putting it up there and saying well you know you come to me direct and you can get it, you know? So, I mean, even that was, that's Bandcamp, <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, what exactly, it right? It's, yes, yeah, and, right? Then, and then when he went on to, like, all the ways he went on to sort of subsequently release his albums, like when he did the um, the 21 Nights in London, if you bought a ticket, when you go to the actual gig, you're handed the copy of Planet Earth, and they counted as album sales. You know, he did uh, the Indigo Nights album, uh, excuse me, the, yeah, the Indigo Nights album, which came out, it was a book, like a coffee table book, which commemorated mm-hmm. his 21 Nights in London. I think that came out a year later, but in there was a CD. It was like um, from after show gigs um, that he had put in there as well. You know, he, he did it through newspapers. Um, if you bought a copy of in London, it was the Daily Mirror, I think it was, then you get a copy of the 2010 album. You know, oh. they counted as record sales, you know, so it was, it was sort of genius how he went about you know putting it out there still you know how he sort of went to reinvent that model which is which is incredible right and i wonder how much or little do artists i think you do need record industry still for the initial promotion right to get you out there but you spend you know so much of your time like locally trying to build your craft and build your audience and then they put you on a larger scale but i mean do you how much studio time do you really need if you can do it on your computer i don't know so it's it's interesting and if you do have like soundcloud or Bandcamp, you know can you do it more on your own without needing the record industry i don't know that would be yeah no it's a great yeah no it's a great question i think the record industry is probably 
probably most relevant in terms of like commercial radio maybe i mean certainly mm-hmm. that if if they'll get behind someone that they think is going to be a huge pop sensation then that obviously invest a lot in your marketing and you need that and obviously you you know if you're talking about columbia records or warner brother records you have your almost direct line to commercial radio which again is right. vital but um being you're right anybody could make it as an independent artist you need just a heck of a lot of uh fortuitous you know uh, uh timing and coincidence and to be able to break through at that right point or, or to make the right noise at the right time but for everyone that does there are thousands that unfortunately don't with incredible oh, talent right. you know correct so yeah yeah it is difficult which now it, it just brings to me like the impact that prince had right because you don't see very few artists right now that can you you know impacted music the way that he did right mm. and so it it also i guess it adds to um his passing cuz who's going to pick up that baton i have no idea but um i don't know it's just it's it's still kind of weird that you know i was listening to it today and i'm just like wow it's an incredible legacy of music though isn't it um that he's yeah. sort of that he's left behind it's um yeah it's deeply upsetting that it sort of at a relatively i think young age that it's um you know not going to continue in the way it probably should have but um like with him being alive yeah <laughs> but, uh, exactly yeah, yeah so okay. it's yeah it's very yeah it sort of it does seem very untimely so um was it through prince that you listened to maceo um yeah i think so it was my i think he, yeah because he i was listening to prince before james brown because like you remember what we talked about before that i didn't sort of grow up with a whole um i ended up going backwards with music so i was when i really became a fan it was r&b and hip-hop and then you discover samples and you end up going backwards so as you get older you, your music tastes get older as well yeah so um so yeah i think um i had known who maceo was um and then i think it was um Again, another song that is sort of probably not well received, but one of my absolute favorites was a song called Pretty Man. It was a, a bonus track on Rave Unto the Joy Fantastic. And it's his, I think it's his first recording with Maceo Parker. And um, he name checks him in the song and he has a sax solo in it as well. And I, oh, I go crazy for that song. It's a very James Brown sounding song. Um, but yeah, that was, yeah, that kind of, from that song onwards, it made for like a real magical kind of combo for me. And just Maceo Parker in general, like I'm, yeah, I'm a huge fan. And when you think about his, I think his talents and his place in like funk music is sort of under, sort of undersung, underappreciated. I mean, he's a guy who's played with James Brown. He's played with uh, George Clinton and Prince. And he's been sort of staples of their touring bands for some years you know it's incredible he's like the fourth corner of funk for me yeah see and you bring up a good point with him and funk because you know you know i play the bass and and that's right percussion yeah. and i love the bottom <clears throat> and by default that's classic uh funk is is the bass and but james brown it's the horn section it's everything is really the funk so it's not just the bottom it's everything and um the concept of the one right which prince right. um 
carried in his band where, you know, I, you have the four counts, the four beats, but on the one, you got to bring it. Your note, you better bring it. It better be hard. It better be funky. And when I say funky for those with us, you know, that will be listening to us, it's a groove. It's like, I don't smoke, but if you watch people that do and they go to put it out and they put the cigarette on the cement and they just work it with their foot, that's how you work a groove. <laughs> what a brilliant right? comparison. That's excellent. Right. And you just, you just, you know, with the hip, you just push, you know, you get that groove into it. And that's how James Brown would work a groove. Right. And, and, and so when I listen to funk, I miss my horns. Right. Cause right now, you know, you, you I, I want all of it. Cause that's James Brown. That is funk, everything. And then, but on the one, I don't care what you're doing, those other three notes, but on that, that first note, you better bring it strong. And, um, yeah. And so I'm glad that, that you brought that up and, and yeah, and to, for him. To follow on from that, which is exactly the point. Um, James Brown, I remember reading in his biography as well, where he talked about his music, you know, in terms of the vocal was never the lead. For him, it was the groove that was the lead. Do you know what I mean? And everyone had to yes. play their part around the groove. It wasn't because when you think about a lot of James Brown music, he wasn't the focal point at times. He uh -huh. could just sit quietly and just let let the music play for six minutes because that was yeah. that was the focus of the song. That was what it was about, you know. And I think that was very much carried over. So when you talk about like DMSR and Prince not needing to say anything for over a minute, it's very much that same thing. Yes, right. Okay, so now this. Okay, I told you I had read about Barry Gordy right in Motown. Oh yes, that's right. Yeah, right. And so, because we're talking about this, this ties into that, right? Um, the concept of the hook, right? So I have to give you, I got to give you something to hook you in, right? So um, when you think about a writer, they have, you know, as long as it takes that reader to read, to convey their thought, right? So let's just say it takes a day because it was so good, I couldn't put the book down, but I have you for a day. If you... Think about a, f a filmmaker. The filmmaker only has you for hours because about three and a half hours, you start getting agitated. And even if you like right. the movie, you're like, is this going on? Any so you've gone from day <laughs> to hours, right? Mm -hmm. But music, I have you for minutes or even seconds. So I really have to get a hook. Yeah. Music. So, so now when you talk about James Brown, that beat, that groove, I got to get you with it. I got to hook you to it. Right. You know, and he, and they just, it gets, they just find a way to put everything together, make it like that so they could work it. And then you just get sucked in. So it's like, it's, I don't know, you know, I'm sorry. You let me geek again. So yeah. No, no, uh, this is exactly what it's for. No, no, I completely, it is. It's incredible. I mean, I, I've never made music or anything, so I could never, you know, sort of discuss the intricacies like you say of, of of doing it but you're absolutely right it is it is you know you like you say when you have seconds that's exactly right particularly in this day and age because if you're flicking through something online you you'll play it and think you know three seconds eh, and you go to the next one you know it right. could be that quickly so that you're absolutely right it has to sometimes grab you instantaneously and um you know some people are just masters at that Right, right, and James Brown was that way, and then so that's why I was bringing that up for 
DMSR. I'm like, man, I'm a minute in. I haven't even heard you yet. Yeah. And he does that crescendo. Dun, 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 dun. And you think he's going to sing. No, he has a call. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What am I, who is this I'm listening to, right? Um, and so, but he he knew his 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 talent enough, and he his craft enough that you would you would hang in there for him, and he'd make it worth it, right? And that's the same thing with James Brown, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna make you move, right? And I'm gonna get into you, and you're gonna move for me, right? And that's so, yeah. So, that's yeah, no, perfect, excellent. So in terms of Prince, like albums, where are you kind of, I think this is going to edge us closer to a door, but so in terms of favorite <laughs> Prince, because I feel like I know what my favorite album hey. is and I know where it's going to go, but we may as well oh. address it. <laughs> oh, oh, no, 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 no. I want to know your favorite Prince album. Come on, give yeah, it to well, me. No, for, well, yeah, for me, it's Sign of the Times. For me, like I actually okay. heard it quite late and I, I think when I did hear it, and like I say quite late, I mean, I, I, I had quite a few Prince albums at this point. Um, but when I heard Sign of the Times front to back, it's like that's the album that made the most sense to me. It was like, this is the princiest album that I've ever heard, if that makes sense. You know, it, it just, everything hit for me. I think it's, you know, there was, there was apparently he initially wanted it to be a three disc album, but Warner's won so, the yeah. fight and it came to two yeah. disc. Now, no one will ever know really whether that whether you, you've taken in my opinion the best album of all time maybe it would have been better or maybe it would have been worse there's no way of of, of knowing but you know for me sign of the times is just you know from dorothy parker if i was your girlfriend and even it's going to be a beautiful night which, oh, which i go insane for i love that song um but it for me yeah far and away it's sign of the times so you got uh, slow love. You got oh, it. Yes. Yes, um, it I, anyway, yeah. I love that see, record. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, no, no. Actually, I know. No, Sign of the Times is it for me in terms of tracks, because I, I think of Prince in terms of songs, right? Because after a while it's just like track, 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 track for me. Mm. Um, so if I had to, that's the one I'm picking because just in terms of the number of songs like you were talking about 1999 i love that um but if, if i put it against sign of the times there's more songs so i'm like if i only get to take one i'm taking that one right <laughs> so yeah. housequake how can i uh we have to talk yeah, about housequake. yeah yeah um and that's kind of as hip-hop as he's really going to get in terms of trying to you know right. cross over in that that space but i love that track so um yeah no that and of course you know our our personal favorite at least i'm trying to make our personal favorite adore so you know and it's 40 minutes so you know we've done good so <laughs> <laughs> no i i have at your um at your uh encouragement I have spent more time uh -huh. with the door, and I do like. I I never disliked a door. I've never disliked a door. It's just yeah, for me, you know, to go through, you know, the the songs on Sign of the Times in terms of as we said, Dorothy Parker, which is, oh, you Love know, track, just yeah. the, it's just one of the best songs ever. Dorothy Parker, uh, yeah. uh, the title track, uh, uh, it, Slow Love, um, 
if I was yeah. your girlfriend, you know, my gosh, it's going to be a beautiful night. Then, yeah, they'll, 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 you know, go, they always rank incredibly high for me. But no, I've spent more time with the door at your, uh, at your insistence. <laughs> and uh, it is a beautiful song. It's absolutely a beautiful song. Playful jabbing. How about that? Yes. No, I, yeah. Insistence was the completely incorrect <laughs> word. I apologize. <laughs> That was a bit no, no, no. almost aggressive, yeah. so I'm sorry. You know, yeah. at, at your demand. Like exactly. <laughs> no, no, no. That was wrong. No. I, I'm sorry. At your encouragement. There. Um, yeah. Sounds yeah, so much, much better. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and no, it is. It is a glorious song. It really is. Yeah, and you're right. And you, 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 in our last chat, you highlighted a beautiful part of the song as well. And you were absolutely correct. I, I have moments. Wrong. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Not to be they- wrong. It's just you know, <laughs> and uh, I I told you it wasn't. I know you're a Prince fan, so it was just it was just shocking to me. That's all. I'm like, wow, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not there. Huh? Hmm. Huh. We have to, you know, just just to get you to see my point of view. That's all. Yes. And, and you opened yourself up to that. I so did. I, I, I did. I, I, you, you are, and I you, appreciate you. that. So, you know, <laughs> you know, Prince, Prince thanks you too. I'll say that on his behalf. Well, yes. Excellent. Yes. And, are there any other Prince albums for you that are like, just, you know, that you particularly like, particularly fond of apart from Sign of Times? Oh, well, I mean the hits, but mm. <laughs> why? Because it encompasses all you know a lot of its yeah. tracks, right? Um, no, because it no one album has the number of and, and you know the thing too about Sign of the Times. Those tracks we were talking about, those were all different music styles too, right? right? When you yeah. listen to it, so that's when you look at it from his craft. That's a great way to like really see him as a musician and a performer and a singer. And so that's another perk um, to that album. But it's, you know, God created woman. Um, oh my gosh. Uh, yes. I oh, see. Perfect song. This is, this was the downside to trying to make that top 10 list for you. It's like I know. the minute I had done it, I'm like, wait a minute. How could I not? Like, I didn't have shush. I didn't have irresistible. I'm like, how could I, what is this? And so, <laughs> You go through that whole what? How did you leave that off of there? So, and uh, and that's that's to his credit, right? Yeah. So, and I'm like song, 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 song. You know, and and it just it's amazing. And he still has hundreds of I don't know thousands. Hundreds, I don't know what's in the vault, but that's just what he gave us. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and he he put out a lot of what I guess he made, but you know he and I I can't even think what it's like for him not to have released stuff because um he 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 was constantly he as I said earlier he was so singular so minded yes. in terms of just creating music so it, yeah I mean to you know I guess we're going to see more stuff as years pass including that um, piano and a microphone album which came out uh, last year. Um, that was recorded from like 1983 uh, and it, yeah, that was released last year. They had the, uh, the, the expanded purple rain, uh, the, the four disc, one of the, the fourth being a DVD. So that came out the year before. So I guess as years go by, we're going to get a lot more from those vaults, um, courtesy of the family and, you know, who are in charge of his estate now, but 
and I kind of look forward to it, even though part of me feels not like I should be listening to it at all. But, um, at, you know, because I think we talked about this, didn't we, last time about him not yeah. really wanting it heard. But, right, you know, as fans, it's difficult to separate that as opposed to music you desperately want. <laughs> yeah. And his it's wishes. Like, um, uh, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to listen to it. So yeah. I'm not going to pretend that I can't. Um. Oh no! I'm gonna be a purist and never again. <laughs> no, that's a lie. <laughs> that's a lie. That's a lie. That's a lie. So, um, it'll be interesting because, like, the early pieces. Sometimes when you hear an artist early in their career and then you go back to their music, does it age well? Meaning, it sounded great when it was released, but later on, right? Mm. And um, I'd like to hear more of his jazz, right? Because you like, and I love his funk, you know, I do, but just to see how he pushes his music in a different way, even though yeah. around the world in the day wasn't my favorite to see that he could make that album just, you know, like, wow. Right. Mm. Um, and it has to be kind of hard to be like a musician with him and he has you in his band he's like i need you to play like this and then you think you're doing it and he's like no this is what i need and you're like oh okay so <laughs> you know <laughs> um so part of me really wants to hear his creativity and and just see what he was thinking what he was doing you know um because uh, like i was um watching um an interview with um Susan, I forgot her last name, it escapes me right now, who was doing his sound engineering for him. Right. And he'd go in, he'd make a song. It's not like, you know, oh, I'll go and I'll just start and I'll lay the track and I'll come back and do the vocal. No, no. He'd go in and write a song a day. That is incredible, right? Mm. You know, you think you could, you know, if I if I made one one song i'd be happy but no this is like no he his creativity is like no i i gotta do this i gotta make this i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this i don't know how how you do that yeah there were so many reports about people that worked with him like these engineers or musicians and they always said they just didn't think he slept you know it was just constant and I, there was a really cool 1999 story about when they were making that album it got very i i forget some of the details but it was something like two in the morning and the band were like okay well we're gonna you know pack it in for the night and we'll you know we'll be back first thing in the morning and it was something like from 2 a.m they came back at like nine or something like that and then when they came back he said listen to this and he played a 1999 the song and they said when, when did you do that and he said when you left <laughs> you know it was like can you imagine that? Like they've obviously been playing for so long. They've just, we can't function anymore. But that's right. when he went on to make his, in, in that gap of when they, they needed rest and sleep in that few hours, he then went on to make one of the most iconic songs of his catalog. Isn't that insane? Yes. This is what I'm talking about. This is why I'm like, Warner didn't know what to do with him. That that's what yeah. the problem is, right? Because this is this is who you have as an artist, and and I see what you you know you were highlighting, right? You, 
I invested in you and I'd like to recoup, but you're dealing with someone that could just say, well, you know, I had two hours and I made this song and yeah. And he's probably really cool about it. Yeah. Okay. Do you like this? Okay. And it, cause you don't know yet how the fans are going to react and yet boom, this, this thing just becomes, you know, this iconic song. Right. And that's By exactly himself, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but coming, right. you know, again, you know, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not fighting the corner for Warner Brothers or anything. It sounds like I am, but <laughs> it's like, but no. in in their defense, um, that was why they 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 gave him Paisley Park Records because right. it was like let's try and channel this creativity into other artists, and that was what it was for. That was why they 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 I don't know who came up with the idea, but that's why they were so supportive of it because they said right well let's if you need to constantly make music then let's make some new stars but unfortunately i i think he probably the same way he lost interest in an album once he turned it in because he had done a new one i think prince was that yeah. way about his artists as well where he would well, you know here's his, his an album by so and so right i've moved on now <laughs> and i'm <laughs> on to someone else and it's like well, well what do they do now <laughs> uh yeah it's it's almost like Diddy's making the band, right? You bring in somebody in their job. <laughs> so, um, and that, and and I think it's almost like when you think too quick, right? And how can anybody keep up with that speed, right? Um, yeah. It's very. I don't know how to really explain that. I would, I would find it fascinating if I, you know, you had, they ask you if you could pick three people to have dinner with. I would love to pick his brain now, right? Hmm. Um. Just, but it would probably be quick because he, you know, he moves quick, but it would still be <laughs> fascinating to, um, to just see, you know, to, to ask him questions that, you know, people haven't asked and what did James Brown really mean to him? And I don't know. It's mm. just, it's, I don't know yeah. that we'll have another Prince again. Uh, I guess my penultimate question in terms of sort of Paisley Park and people that he worked with, are there any particularly favorite like Prince collaborators for you? Uh, whether it be like just the revolution in general or Wendy and Lisa or singers that he yeah. worked with or anyone Sheila like that. E, Sheila e. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Um, oh, and I feel for you. Come on, man. That's a yeah, classic, yeah. right? Oh, yeah, and, oh. Yeah. Sheena Easton. Okay, that that's hilarious, mm. right? Because before Prince, she was singing My Baby Take My Baby Takes the Morning Train, right? Yeah. After she's singing Sugar Walls. So you know, this is before <laughs> and after Prince, right? You got Vanity Six, you got Apollonia, like I was saying, the family, the time. You know, it, yeah. Yeah. amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, mm. Sinead O'Connor. Um, that you know, um, I loved mm. um, TLC redoing if if I was your girlfriend. Of course, yeah, yeah, great um, one. Yeah. Even his song with Madonna was good too. That one, I liked that track. Okay, <laughs> um, yeah, but there's a long list of of of, just, of people that he's he's worked with and 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 people from again from eighties like Wendy and Lisa. I think are great names to have. Yeah. I mean, their contribution to oh. his eighties sound is unrivaled i think and um we went all the way did you ever hear the um judith hill album uh it was called back in time that he he produced and wrote with her and he plays on everything i think uh it was uh, no, she was like I'll a singer from 
yeah, it's really good. It's very, very good. Um, he, yeah, he did the whole, uh, I think production on it. You can hear his voice on, on the lot. I don't, I don't think he duets on anything, but you can hear him backing vocals and on stuff as well. So that's a really good album. It's called Back in Time, and it's uh, it's very, very good. Um, very quite solely, quite funky as well. So Ooh, that's a really I'll cool project. Okay. Yeah. So um, uh, yeah. So there, no, there's there is a long list of of people and i love the the kind of the, the mythology of the first time record where it's all him you know it's like all the time really did was pose for the front cover <laughs> and um, and morris just just tracked his vocals all the music apparently according to to folklore is prince and um yeah the band were like a touring band and they went on to just perform the music he had made for that first album which, which is insane right right it's incredible yeah. and then out of that you get uh jimmy jam and terry lewis yeah they were tired and wanted to do that so like that and they went on with janet amazing talents yeah. they are yeah well absolutely. who was who, your favorite duet or well in terms of like prince collaborator yeah uh well i mean maceo runs high for me oh, just because okay. I'm, I'm a huge okay. maceo fan but um again uh sheely is a perfect pick oh uh, yeah and lisa and uh yeah wendy and lisa i think what what they did for his sound is is incredible um and i'm probably forgetting a couple but yeah yeah those are my initial um um uh faves yeah yeah it'll come to you like right when we hang up oh i should have mentioned yeah 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 i know <laughs> I'll, I'll dub in my voice later and it'll be like oh look at you okay yeah, no, no fair no fair <laughs> I'll list everyone on wikipedia that's on exactly yeah 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 so so oh. again uh, for our go home song i i i i imagine you've picked a uh, a great selection oh this one this one <laughs> This is the first time I dreaded the selection. Um, <laughs> I mean, we just talked. I'm like, track, 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 track. How am I going to pick one? I know. Right? you got to pick one. Um, at first, I at first I was diehard. I was going to go with DMSR because that was the first one for me. That's a great pick. Yeah. And, um, then I was like, well, what about... Um, Sometimes it snows in April because when this will be shown, it'll be going with that theme. That's beautiful. Ah, see, see, this is what what it was. Um, and then I I went against both of those selections. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, no. um, exactly, I'm going to go with the purple medley because if if there are those out there who have not heard Prince at all, um, that's a great ensemble. It's like a great smorgasbord of his songs that he he mixed himself and made, and you get to to hear snippets of some of of his classic songs, and I I felt okay, and it it's what he put out there. He's like, if you're gonna hear a little bit of what I do, this is me, and so I, I decided, okay, that's gonna be my pick. Perfect. Okay. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. So, this has been excellent, right? Yes, it has. It's flown by. Can you I know, it? yeah. yeah. It's been great. I've, yeah, if I could have picked one person to, to do this show with, then it's, it was 100% you. So I'm, I'm thrilled that um, we've managed to make the time. And, and uh, 
uh, talk all things Prince. Yes, you have a fantastic evening, sir. Thank you so much. And to speak to you very soon, hopefully. Yes. Yes, I look forward to it.
Work it, baby. Work it. Let's work.
She's a bitch. 